Hello everyone, welcome to Aesthetic Mentor Live this Tuesday evening. My name is Allison Daly. I am a nurse practitioner and business owner and graduate of Aesthetic Mentor. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me, uh, Dr. Russo, for inviting me to, um, to be on Instagram Live tonight. I am really looking forward to this conversation. So we are about to discuss uh, women's health in the realm of medical aesthetics and where that fits in. So everyone who's tuned in already, thank you. Something we definitely all have in common are that we are either providers of medical aesthetics or we want to be <laughs> providers of medical aesthetics or in some way in that world. Um, and something else we have in common is that about 95% of our consumers of medical aesthetics are female. And that's a really big, big part of this chat tonight. So a little bit of background on me. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Allison. I am a nurse practitioner. Um, I have been a nurse practitioner since 2009, um, graduating from UMass Boston. Prior to that, I was a registered nurse, uh, graduating from UMass Amherst. Um, so I have been prepping for this uh, meeting here and realized that for 20 years, I have been a provider of women's health. That was shocking. Um, so in the last 20 years, I've had the opportunity to be a bedside nurse in labor and delivery. Um, and I've had the opportunity to work in oncology, um, GYN oncology and breast oncology, both as an RN and as an NP. I um, realized through all of those avenues, the massive kind of elephant in the room is female sexual health. So it's just something that people have not felt comfortable talking about, something that no one knows how to bring up. Um, and there are studies on how few women are actually asked about their sexual health, about um, vaginal dryness, about libido, um, and about concerns they may have with intimacy. So being in the field of women's health for as long as I've been, I see this and the toll that it can take on women and their relationships, their interpersonal relationships, their relationships with their spouse, um, and their overall confidence, right? So one of the reasons we're all in this field is to help promote our clients' confidence. So the more confident they are, um, the better the better they feel, you know, the better your relationship is with them, the better their relationships are with others. So um, throughout that, I ended up um, taking the Aesthetic Mentor courses about eight years ago now, and I am very, very happy and pleased to say that now my business partner, Lindsay Galuli, and I, who she is also a nurse practitioner, um, just opened our third med spa in Massachusetts. So um, we have Easton Medical Aesthetics, we have Hingham Medical Aesthetics, and we have Milton Medical Aesthetics. And um, if there's any questions after today, I am happy to answer or field any questions. Um, we can be reached by www.medicalaestheticsma.com. You can read a little more about our bios. You can read a little bit more about what procedures we perform and how to schedule them. 
okay? So today, my goal for everyone here is to understand a little bit about what you can treat in regards to women's health in the um, aesthetic realm, uh, non-surgical aesthetic realm, and um, what kind of complaints people might have. Um, what is potentially their driving force to talk about it? How is it talked about? How is it brought up? And who are people who might not be candidates as well? And I would love to focus tonight on non-hormonal treatment, okay? So that's a different topic for a different day. So we're going to talk about non-surgical, non-hormonal treatment of um, female sexual health, okay? So please chime in at any point if you have any questions, and I'll try my best to, to get to those either now or after, okay? Um, so we talked about why this is important, um, and... A lot of people will say to me, Allison, how do you bring it up? So I actually have a book <laughs> that I leave in the exam room um, that is um, written by Dr. Charles Runnels, who was the creator and uh, coined the term O-Shot. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. And I just leave that, you know, right on the table um, where people might be sitting down having their consultation and Sometimes people look at it and laugh and say, what's this about? And it's really a wonderful opportunity to say, um, it's about female sexual health. Like, hello, let's talk about this, you know? So that's a nice segue. That's sometimes how we talk about things and how things are brought up. Um, I'm also on the OSHOT clinician dashboard. So if people have heard about OSHOT and they want to find a provider who's gone through the course and is certified, they can actually look that up online and find credentialed providers. Um, you know, people who are interested in performing and providing these services, um, you know, it's really helpful to meet a um, sex therapist, um, meet some OBGYNs, and really just get to know what kind of issues their clients may be having, what kind of concerns they might be having, okay? Because that's going to be really, really important in how you help them. So the two procedures I'd like to discuss most tonight are the O-Shot with PRP, and vaginal rejuvenation with radiofrequency, a heat-based treatment. So the types of patients who would benefit from these two treatments uh, range in age significantly. Basically, anyone who has vaginal dryness, um, anyone who has decreased libido, decreased sensation, vaginal laxity, or even, you know, potentially just Urinary incontinence, that's actually a huge, huge part of this. Urinary incontinence can be pretty mixed. So I'll teach you some tools about, you know, how to truly evaluate um, female sexual health and incontinence. So if someone comes to you and those are their primary complaints, they're an excellent candidate. I actually combine PRP therapy um, with radiofrequency vaginal rejuvenation a lot, I'd say um, most of the time. And the, um, the results have been really phenomenal for my patients. Um, so, you know, I will make sure that they complete what is called a female sexual function index. That is a um, researched and validated tool um, that you can actually find on PubMed by searching it. And it's a list of about 19 questions that uh, my patients will fill out ahead of time um, before I even meet them and before they come in the room. And then when I bring them in, we'll go over this together because sexual health is really subjective. 
Um, you know, you have some exam features that you can find, but for the most part, it's a very subjective treatment, which can make it really tricky. Uh, tricky to treat, tricky to evaluate. And you really want a benchmark of how to evaluate your patients to see if what you're doing is, is working, is successful. Um, and so, oh, yay. Thank you, Tanusha, for writing. Um, it is a phenomenal treatment. Um, so when you combine these treatments, you're really allowing the patient's own body to utilize their growth factors to heal, to regain collagen. So let's dial it back a notch and let's just actually talk about what PRP is. So PRP has been utilized for years, right? We are drawing someone's blood from their arm. We are using a specific tube with a gel separator. We are spinning it down in a centrifuge. What we are left with is the whole blood at the bottom and we've got that beautiful plasma at the top with all your growth factors, everything that you need to really promote blood flow to um, help the client or patient to really um, heal themselves, okay, from the inside out. So when, you know, orthopedists use it in knee joints to regrow collagen, promote blood flow, and then we use it maybe in tear troughs, uh, microneedling, or scalp to regrow hair. And so when Dr. Runnels started experimenting with this, um, he started using it for vaginal dryness, and of course, increased libido, like the name Oshad is, is coined after. Um, so what is, what is done is really in a 30-minute procedure in the office, you have a client who has completed their female sexual function index form. You recognize that they're a good candidate. I would say the only people who might not uh, be a good candidate are someone with an abnormal pap smear that they're going through or maybe some dysfunctional um, uterine bleeding. So, you know, that would be something I might want them to be worked up for um, before we go ahead and, uh, and, and treat them with something else, okay? So that would really be it. There's zero downtime. There is uh, nothing that they need to be careful of. So it's just a, a really great treatment that can be done in 30 minutes. Once you have your blood drawn, you've got your PRP and you're ready, um, you need about five milliliters of PRP, okay? Once you've got your five milliliters, you're actually going to do, you have to be really familiar with your female anatomy, of course, um, and you have to be familiar with a vaginal exam. So, you know, this is obviously um, an incredibly intimate, um, you know, procedure, right? So even though you might do this all day long, uh, they don't, right? So this is really important that, um, uh, incredible respect and just um, being cautious with your exam is utilized. I usually recommend that there is a medical assistant in the room with you, okay, uh, during the time of the exam for support and also guidance, okay? So as you're proceeding, you're going to actually inject about four milliliters of PRP in the anterior vaginal fornix. So that's basically all the way in and at the top, okay? And then you're going to save one ml of PRP for the clitoral the clitoral injection, so if someone's having discomfort, um, I use a topical numbing. Um, the course does teach you to use an injectable numbing, and I believe that the injectable numbing is uh, kind of another layer of, um, of pain. So I, my patients have been doing great with some topical numbing and topical ice before the clitoral injection. Believe it or not, the internal um, 
you know, uh, anterior vaginal fornix is, is not a tender area for them with the injection. Um, I do not use a speculum. Again, I think that's just one more layer of discomfort for your patient and it's really not necessary. You know, uh, you need adequate lighting, you need adequate drapery for your client to make sure that they are covered and, um, you know, uh, modesty and everything has been maintained for them. After the procedure, they're either done and ready to go, or maybe they're actually going to have some, uh, some, some heat therapy with radio frequency. Okay. So I have no disclosures. Um, so I'm not going to mention all of the name brands that, uh, that create, um, vaginal treatments using radio frequency, but there's a lot out there. So, so, uh, you can definitely do some research or, or message me after as to what I do use. Um, the nice thing is, is that the more this is talked about, the more advances are made in these treatments, um, the more comfortable they become for your patient. And I've also seen them decrease in their time, which is huge, okay? Because your time's, your time's really valuable, right? And so is your patient's. So when you're utilizing radio frequency, um, it is a heat-based treatment, okay? And what I love about that with the vaginal tissue is it's a gentle heat, right? So you're not hurting the vaginal tissue. Um, you know, you're not worried about causing any laceration or, or something you can't see that could potentially be harmful to them. Okay. You are gently heating up the vaginal tissue and you're creating a collagen induction response. Okay. So with that, comes so many benefits, okay? Benefits of increased lubrication, benefits of increased vaginal tightening, um, benefits of, you know, increased sensation. And then there's also the benefits of the appearance. So as vaginal atrophy or, you know, muscular wasting kind of comes into play, um, there are many people, women who feel self-conscious um, of entering a relationship, you know, really self-conscious about how to proceed either peri or post-menopause or even younger. I see, I see clients in their 20s. So what's important to understand is that when you're targeting this with PRP or with radiofrequency or the combination, you know, you're using growth factors and you're using heat-based collagen induction therapy. So as you increase you know, vaginal tightness, you're decreasing their laxity, improving their lubrication. Um, and a lot of studies on the, these treatments have really now been shown to improve urinary incontinence. That is huge, okay? So if you understand kind of the way the female body is built and where the urethra lies, uh, it makes complete sense as to why these treatments really help to support that urethra and therefore allow people to not have um, such decreased bladder control. Okay, obviously, um, incontinence is a mixed bag, but it's it's important to understand that this is an incredible, what I would consider non-invasive um, treatment. So there are you know surgical treatments for all of this, of course, and I think it's important your patients understand that there is hormonal treatments that can help target this. I'm sure that we all know people who may have hypertension or unfortunately some estrogen or hormonal based cancer. They're not candidates, you know, for hormone therapy. And it's really important that they understand that there is something available for them. You know, that this isn't just 
they're done, <laughs> you know? So I think that, you know, the more that we understand that, um, the better. We do have a question about how many treatments patients typically need. Great question. So these treatments are really geared towards once a year, okay? People will hold on to their collagen at different rates based on their age, based on their health, and based on their lifestyle, okay? Smoking versus non, vaping versus non, drinking, um, etc. So I usually let my clients or patients know that they'll have this one treatment. Um, I always follow it up with a three-month evaluation. So that same female sexual function index that I mentioned earlier, we repeat all the same questions at three months and we look for improvements. All right. We're looking for, um, you know, is, is lubrication better? Is uh, libido better? Um, it targets some intimacy questions too, which are important to tease out because um, it can be a little tricky. Um, so once we do that three month eval, we see how well it helped for them. And then I usually will give them then another nine month appointment. Okay, so they'll come back in one year and we'll decide at that time if they wanna repeat treatment or not. Um, I do have some people for the OSHA come in at a six month basis. Um, if they're doing you know, the radio frequency once a year, they may like to do the OSHA in six months. Um, and I also have some people do one without the other. Um, you know, there are people who might not want PRP or, um, if cost is a factor for them, they might choose one or the other as well, but that was a great question and feel free to ask any questions. Um, if I, if I haven't answered them and so with the heat based treatments, there's also zero downtime. Um, and that's, that's a huge, huge part of this is, uh, you know, women are doing this for so many different reasons. And so um, having no downtime and being able to go about their day um, with hopefully no pain is also really important. And you'll find that, you know, they're your patients either already because they already feel comfortable with you um, or they find you through another avenue. Um, the other question is, um, how often am I doing the treatment? So I don't know if you mean me personally or if you mean clients coming in. So I do these consults every week they don't always transition into an actual treatment. And that could be based on finances. It could be based on someone not being a candidate. Um, or it could be because I recommend that they actually see a urogynecologist um, before I proceed with their treatment, especially if it's a urinary um, incontinence issue. Um, you know, I would say my utilization of the O-Shot is um, probably higher than O-Shot with radiofrequency. But again, I think that's probably a cost factor um, because they're about $3,000 combined. So that's just important to be aware of. Um, so how long can a patient expect to see results? So again, because it's collagen and growth factor, um, you're going to hopefully see results for longer than a year, but usually I'm seeing clients lasting about a year. Um, if I have someone who gets a little bit longer, then, you know, they might, they might just re-up it with an O-shot. They might not need the full O-shot with radiofrequency again. So it's definitely patient dependent. Um, I see a question about fee. So the O-shot, um, we charge $900, which is um, very, very fair in regards to, I think, people um, around us. And with the actual radio frequency, it comes to 3000 So we give them about a $500 break on the O-shot when they're combining procedures. Um, so 
Yes, and I see something about the vampire breastlift by Dr. Reynolds. I don't have a tons, ton of thought on that yet. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton ton to, I haven't been trained in that one yet. So I don't have a ton to comment on that. Um, but I'll get back to you when I'm, when I'm trained on it. Um, so who can administer these treatments? That's another great question. So the um, treatments in Massachusetts um, can be a registered nurse for sure. Um, as long as you are a phlebotomist as well, right? You know how to draw blood. Um, you need to be able to do that for the, for the O-shot. And you are able to do a vaginal PRP injection. I think that female anatomy, um, understanding that and hopefully having some experience with doing a vaginal exam would be huge. Um, you know, I was trained on the job as a labor and delivery nurse. So my experience really comes from there. And then I worked for um, an OBGYN practice um, my first years as a nurse practitioner. So I did that for, for a long time, actually, before I was certified in the O-SHOT. So um, the, the vaginal exam is something that comes uh, very natural and I'm really comfortable with it. And I think your patients will pick up on that. They'll feel that. So, you know, you just really want to make sure that um, you're exuding confidence and you really know your, your anatomy and where you're going. Um, you know, I think that if you were able to train with an OBGYN practice, um, if you don't have experience, that would probably be really helpful. And um, radio frequency can actually be done by medical assistants in Massachusetts. So I've actually spoke to a lot of um, providers over the years who are doing these procedures of all different um, uh, medical backgrounds. Some are OBGYNs, some are NPs, some are RNs, and some are medical estheticians. Most times in that instance, I see the um, licensed provider doing the initial evaluation, making sure the client's a good candidate, and then I have seen it delegated um, to a medical assistant, so who was trained in the, of course, the radio frequency portion, maybe doing the O shot and then allowing the radio frequency portion. I think a lot of that is because a um, long time ago, or not even that long ago, actually, they the treatments were really, really long, uh, so they were very time intensive. Um, and if you are the sole revenue producer in your practice, it may not be the best use of your time for the full hour. All right, so I have seen a lot of uh, practices delegate that to someone who is trained, of course, and, and understands how to use the radio frequency device. Um, so benefits of the O-shot is the next question that I see. So um, because you're utilizing your own um, PRP, your platelet-rich plasma, um, with your growth factors, what you're doing is you're actually promoting collagen in your vaginal tissue. So you're allowing you know, blood flow to the area, which is incredibly important to increase your sensation and hopefully increase climax and improve your libido. It's also really important because it's allowing the mucosa of the internal vaginal tissue to increase its lubrication. And that's really, really important because in women who may be suffering from vaginal atrophy, a lot of the time intercourse is really painful for them. And painful intercourse then starts a really negative loop because if you believe it's going to be painful, uh, you either have it less or when you do have intercourse, you're, you're uncomfortable the whole time. So uh, I deal with a, I, probably most of my patients are in that category. And, and it's really, really tricky because uh, you can go on to de develop vaginismus, which is a muscular, involuntary muscular contraction, if you are so used to having uncomfortable intercourse. So, so that hopefully will help if someone has lubrication to prevent um, that negative loop. 
Um, yes, I can tell you, um, Tracy, where the PRP is injected. So you want about five milliliters, excuse me, of PRP. So you're going to do about four in the anterior vaginal fornix. So when you're doing your exam, you're not even, you know, you're not at the cervix, but you are, you know, in that anterior top portion um, of, of the vaginal wall, okay? So that's where your four mLs are going. You're saving one mL for the external clitoral injection. Now, every now and then, I do have some patients tell me, you know, 